podcast one production. It's about an enduring purpose. It's about the why of what we do at work. I'm Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe, as well as 11 of the top ASX listed companies. And this is Fast Track. So often, organisations and teams spend time and effort defining their purpose, and then they get straight back to business as usual. At its best, this leaves people wondering what just happened and making up their own meaning, and at its worst, people become cynical and focus on their own work and outputs and forget the reason that work exists. In my experience, the creating of alignment and defining a purpose are some of the most commonly poorly executed leadership skills out there. Today, we're going to explore how to create alignment through purpose, what your business team and you can do to bring life and meaning back into the work you do. To help me do that is Lisa Gray. Lisa is the CEO of the Victorian Funds Management Corporation. Lisa has an illustrious career across private and public sectors and has some great stories and insights to share with us. Lisa, thank you for joining me today. You're very welcome. Great to be here. I'm really curious about this idea of how you came across purpose to be important in your work life. I think one of the triggers for me was back at the end of uh, 2008, at the peak of the global financial crisis, a different crisis, uh, and I had just moved into running the whole personal banking division for one of the major banks and I noticed that our credit card business, the revenue, was slowing down. So I asked the person who was running that business what was happening. He sort of rolled his eyes uh, and said, oh, well, people are paying off their credit card debt faster. And I said, well, what's wrong with that? Surely that's a good thing. We're in the middle of a financial crisis. And he said, yes, but we make less money. And I had one of those, what I would call BFO, blinding flash of the obvious. And I suddenly realised there's something fundamentally wrong with our industry when, you know, we turn a blind eye when people aren't managing their money well because we make more money, uh, yet we don't encourage people to actively manage their money better because we make less. And so for me... That sort of caused me to think back to why are we fundamentally here and what's really the purpose of banking. Mm, so you said a blinding flash of the obvious. I'm glad the F was for flash. So <laughs> I'm wondering what were the insights then? You can think, oh, that's obvious, you know, this is a question I need to ask. But what happened from then? What was the insight for you? I think the insight was that um, we'd lost track of why we were there. And we had become very focused on just turning the handle, uh, generating profit, producing products uh, and so forth, but not really going back to the fundamentals of why do we do what we do. And so for me, it became clear that for businesses and strategies to be sustaining, self-sustaining, self-propelling, they needed to be anchored in purpose and that you then needed to create uh, and create alignment through all of that, from the purpose through to the people, to the strategy and so forth. Mm. And one of the reasons I'm speaking to you today is you're one of the few executives I know that really lives the purpose 
with alignment. So we can have a purpose and a few words on a wall, but actually aligning it. Before we go into that, I'd love to take you back a couple of steps. And how do we define purpose? Because there's a lot of information out there that's kind of conflicting about what is a purpose. Well, I think purpose is, it's about an enduring purpose. It's about the why of what we do uh, at work. Uh, it's about, it's the thing that really creates that motivation for people for why they do their work. It should be noble. Uh, and as I said, it's enduring. So it lives through many strategies and ambitions and roadmaps and so forth. It really underpins and, and could endure for decades and certainly should endure through many CEOs and, and different teams as well. So to me, it's very much that enduring purpose that gives the organisation uh, the reason why. Mm, and so have you made many Purpai in your time? Have you created many uh, of these over over your career? Well, if I think to, just to help bring it uh, to life, um, I, different organisations have different purposes uh, and sometimes they refer to them as a mission, sometimes, but I think the word purpose is more meaningful because it's about it being purposeful. And when I said it transcends, well, if you think of an organisation or even such as, you know, the TED talks, for example, you know, their purpose is about spreading ideas. It's not about putting on presentations, uh, but it's about spreading ideas. And so that transcends what they do and enables them to move into different directions as well. I think IKEA, most people would know IKEA as a brand, you know, their purpose is about, you know, making the daily life better for the many people. So now, Yes, they produce cost-effective, access to cost-effective homewares and so forth, but that's not their purpose. It's about really improving the daily life of many people, uh, of the masses. So that gives you a bit of a sense of how purpose can underpin an organisation and transcend over decades. I like this idea of it being noble and transcending over decades. And I also like the way that you've given examples that don't talk about customer solutions or get down into the nitty gritty. So this is really something much more meaningful than any of us as individuals. Is that right? Absolutely. It should. You know, as a CEO, you know, I've been involved in creating and helping people articulate and find uh, the purpose for the organisation, both in banking and, and more recently at VFMC, Victorian Funds Management Corporation. And so it's about having lots of different conversations uh, as well and then over time bringing it to life so it really becomes the spine or the thread through the whole organisation. Mm, terrific. I know some people talk about it as the compass as well, like the way that, but um, I, I like the spine word too. Well, so how, how would you utilise a purpose in an organisation rather than just have them as words on a wall? or a mouse pad? Yeah. I think, f first of all, it's about getting people involved in defining what that purpose might be. And it's not about the perfect wordsmithing that can come later, but it is about having conversations about why do we do what we do. So if I think of us at VFMC, you know, we are the state's fund manager. We invest the money for the whole state. Um, so we know what we do, but why do we do that? And our purpose, and this was developed uh, over time, is improving the future prosperity of Victoria. So it's about making it better, improving. Future is about the generations to come, not just the current one. 
prosperity has a wealth and a financial connotation, but also one of well-being that comes from prosperity. And finally, we are about Victoria and ultimately the citizens behind uh, Victoria as well. So it was firstly, as part of a process, articulating that and getting the different ideas that we then carved out as that. We then looked at, well, what are the behaviours required to live that purpose? And this is where I start to talk a bit about, well, how do you make this happen and real in an organisation? So, you know, what are the behaviours that go with a purpose like that? And I think that's one thing that's really important. And you talked about mouse mats uh, and, you know, we all see values and behaviours that are about excellence or about, you know, various things that could belong to any organisation and there's nothing wrong with those. But I think for values and behaviours to be really meaningful and anchored with their purpose, they need to be very specific to that purpose. Uh, So, for example, some of the behaviours we aspire to are about doing the right thing, are about innovation and inclusion. Uh, They're about working together. Now, other organisations could have those as behaviours, but they are important for us to be able to achieve that purpose. And this is where the alignment, purpose with alignment comes in, in my understanding of what you're talking about. It's we've given the why at the heart of what we do, but you're actually also giving the pathways or the roadmaps for every individual who's got something to do and every team, something to do with the organisation, a way of connecting to that purpose. Is that right? Absolutely. So we talk about the the behaviours and so forth, and then it actually leads through to what our strategy and our aspirations are. And they change over time, obviously, as you achieve things or or the environment changes, but we always anchor it back into the purpose. It then actually then feeds in. You you talked a bit about a, a northern star or a guiding light. You can absolutely use it that way. So often I will be talking to our teams about when you're trying to make some choices about what to do and about not what to do, um, be that an initiative or a particular day-to-day decision, if you go back to your purpose, it does provide a bit of a guiding light as to how to make some of those choices. When wouldn't you use a purpose as a focus, Lisa? I know this is a strange question because it seems to be the anchor for everything, but when is it not useful to be always looking at your purpose? Well, I don't think you become consumed by it and there'll be times when it's sitting there in the background, but it's there to help at times when you're perhaps not sure what to do or when you have multiple choices uh, to actually make. But even if you think about in times of crisis, you know, in times of crisis, organisations and people do amazing things. Barriers fall away. Uh, People focus and work out what needs to be done, get the right people and the right resources together. They don't ask for permission. They have a sense of what's important and what needs to happen and they know and they trust that they will be backed. Even when you look underneath that, a purpose will be at the heart of that. Um, when you're trying to make those choices, trying to do the right thing or trying to do what's important for the organisation at that time. How does it create alignment for people? We've talked briefly about the behaviours and the values, but how does that align? How does that create that alignment for the business? Yeah, a couple of different ways. First of all, when we then work through, well, what might be our strategies for the next three years, for example? then they ultimately need to be 
delivering to that underlying purpose. So, for example, for us, uh, we the last few years, our strategy has been about being clear about our aspirations and what our strategic focus was, about building resilience into our investment performance, and then also about uh, developing enabling capabilities such as technology and, and different capabilities. They were all anchored, though, back into that purpose because we're doing that why are we doing those things? We're doing them because we're trying to improve the future prosperity of Victoria uh, and Victorian citizens. And then we've built around that clear initiatives, roadmaps, and also then the metrics about how do we know we're on track? How do we know we're being successful? You know, sort of lead and lag into cases to help you on, on the way. So try to anchor it in things that are very tangible day to day, but you can also then see your way through. And you're very passionate about operating rhythms as well to bring this to life. And I know they're not the sexiest thing to talk about, but I love that you love operating rhythms. Can you tell me your view about how they actually feed into the alignment of the purpose? I think you can only create sustainable organisations built on purpose if there is a rhythm and if people understand and know what that is and then you're not reliant on any one individual, including the CEO, uh, particularly the CEO. So operating rhythms for me are uh, as a leader, which I've built up over many years, is what's the rhythm around how we make decisions, for example. Uh, so, for example, uh, with my leadership team, we have two different types of meetings. Uh, one is a regular sort of fortnightly check-in where it's just informal, we're updating each other. Another one... Uh, is less frequent, but is more on larger, bigger strategic issues or bigger organisational issues where we might need to be thinking about things at different times, at a different pace and with a different time horizon. So knowing what types of meetings, for example, are there for different types of conversations because conversations are different as well. So that's one aspect of the rhythm. Another is around communication. Uh, and so we have the regularity of these meetings. Every week we have what we call a stand-up meeting with the whole organisation uh, where we let people know what's going on, what's happening, uh, new clients, exciting initiatives, and particularly at the moment talking about how we're managing through uh, COVID-19 uh, as well. So people are completely informed. And then we'll have different types of teams then are clear about what their rhythms and routines are. And then a couple of times a year, we bring the whole organisation together. So we're clear about what types of decisions should go to which different types of meetings or different forums. And also importantly, who needs to be involved and who can make the decision. And I think that's where people often get hung up or organisations slow down because they're not clear who has the decision. I would agree entirely with that. A lot of my work is around sifting through and helping people get out of their own way in teams and organisations. And so I do think as human beings, we really do need to understand the why and we do really need to understand that each of the actions or the things that we're doing are aligned to something greater than ourselves. And so what you're describing to me is everything in your business aligning, all the meetings, the operating rhythm, the way you communicate right back to the core, as you described it, or the spine of the purpose. How do you know if you personally are aligned to an organisation's purpose? Because it seems to me that that would be really important in your everyday work. I look for 
where I get my energy from. And if I think back uh, at another time, not far from the GFC actually, I was involved in needing to make interest rate decisions as part of my uh, job. And so we'd had a meeting, discussion about that, made a decision about what we were going to do at that time. And then one of my colleagues who worked in another part of the business uh, said to me, what has happened to you? He said, you just spent the last half hour talking about margins and what competitors will do and this and that. Uh, and, and he said, you used to be much more focused on strategy and the people and the culture and still you got the results but you came at it from a different way. He said, you're sounding like all the rest of them. Wow. Wow, Lisa. Yeah, well, he then walked off down the corridor, leaving me standing there feeling sick. That must have been difficult to hear. Yeah, and it caused me to realise that the reason I'd actually wanted to go into the banking part of the business was because, you know, I think banking should be an honourable business. It's so critical to our economy and our society. Uh, but at times... You know, it loses its way. Uh, and for me, I realised that I'm at my best when my, both my personal and professional values are in alignment because that's when I have my energy and I feel proud of what I'm achieving. Uh, and if they're not, then I step back from that because I can feel it. It is palpable. Uh, and you just know that something is not right, but you, have, you then have to do something about it. That's a great story. Uh, can I just ask, what happened? What did you do after that moment? Well, that was then start where we started to think about, okay, what is wrong here and what fundamentally is the purpose and the noble course uh, for the bank that, that I was leading at, at that time? And so we started to look at what do we need to be doing? And one of the first things we actually did was we looked at people in the branches and in the contact centres who were constantly... Um, what I would call jumping the counter to help the customer. So why were they doing that? Why were they not doing what they'd been asked to do or, or a particular process or requirement was? And so we started to explore that, to really go back to basics as to they knew what was right for the customer. So why had the rest of the organisation lost sight of that? So the further away you get from the customer, sometimes I'd imagine it's more important to remind yourself of the purpose. I think so. And it, it means it's why it's so critical to keep anchoring back to it and to label when you're making decisions or choices that link back to that purpose. Because people don't always understand why you're doing what you're doing. Lisa, I think you've given such a crisp and clear description of purpose, but also with the alignment and some practical ideas and stories. Have you got any last tips or insights for listeners about how you go about the process of finding a purpose? I think probably the, the final thing would be as a leader trying to create alignment uh, through the organisation, and that's one of your most important roles, regardless of what level of leadership uh, you are. It's about creating that context about what's important, what is going on, why we're doing what we're doing. And I think often leaders uh, get involved in too many different things or they get involved where it's really someone else's role and job to do that. So for me, something that's really important is to actually step back and say, what is it that only I can do? And that's then what I should be focusing on and leaving room for others in the organisation to really be making their decisions because I think decisions should be made at that point of implementation. And that's actually great advice, not only for work, but for life. 
Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about creating alignment through purpose. I've learned a lot and I'm sure everyone else has too. You're welcome. Thank you. Fast Track was presented by me, Margie Hartley, and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Tina Matalov. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. To hear more episodes, listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Fast Track Podcast.